Wow, we're excited about another really sweet team member we're bringing on the show today. Yeah, we are. He is the real deal. You guys, so excited to introduce you, Dr. Greg Smalley. He's the author of 18 different books, including including Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage and Fight Your Way to a Better Marriage. And he earned his doctorate in psychology and serves as the president of marriage and family formation at Focus on the Family. And he's joining us today from his home in Colorado Springs. Good morning, Greg. Yeah, can you guys hear me okay? Your room is very echoey. All right, let's see. Let me go. I'll go. It's my wife's office. Let yeah. me yeah. walk into her bedroom area. Let me see if that helps. How does this sound? Much better. Yeah, that's better. Oh, good. How about you try the closet? <laughs> it's basically what I'm in. <laughs> Climb into the clothes basket. <laughs> <laughs> you guys doing well? Yeah. You guys are located where? Uh, West Michigan. Yeah, so we're oh. Eastern time. So I'm on mountain time. So where are you from, Greg, originally? I grew up in Phoenix, and oh. then my wife and I, for many years, lived in the Midwest, kind of Missouri, Arkansas, and then we've been out here for about 10 years. Well, Shauna and our family both spent time in Phoenix. Oh, really? Yeah, we were in Surprise for nine and a half years, and Perry, where were you at? We were in uh, Levine, more or less, down by South Mountain. Oh, okay. Yeah, my wife grew up kind of on the, the west side, Cactus and 59th Avenue, and then I was closer to Scottsdale. Were you excited yeah. about the Phoenix Suns run this year? It was. We My my son and I lo love to watch basketball, and and it was really fun because we did grow up Sun fans. So Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Did you just say your son-in-law? Uh, oh, my son. Oh, your son. Good yes. grief. I was like, you do not sound old enough to have a son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my middle daughter is, it should be getting engaged sometime today. Oh my her, goodness. Her boyfriend, they went hiking. And so he's going to, he's supposed to pop the question and we drive up to Breckenridge tonight to have a celebration party. That's awesome. Congratulations. Oh. Did he um, take you aside and, and have lunch he, with you or take you out to dinner? Or? Yeah. <laughs> So actually my oldest daughter, Taylor's 27, and she was married for about three years. And sadly, during COVID, her husband just said, yep, I'm done and left mm. and never wow. looked back. Wow. And and so with him, I created, I, I think, 12 questions. And so I wrote about it. And then I used those same on this this young man, Jordan. But what's really, here's what's freaky, Okay. So, so I took him, so actually he and I went hiking, spent the whole day, great conversation, kind of walked him through all these questions. Mm -hmm. And then I took him out to dinner to a steakhouse. And so my daughter's name is Murphy. So the steakhouse, I didn't know had a name because it was far up in the mountains of Colorado in, in the steakhouse that I took him to after he asked to marry my daughter Murphy was called Mary Murphy 
steakhouse. Get out. I swear. I swear. <laughs> in Colorado. Like, I honestly didn't even know that. It still freaks me out. Yeah. Like, how, how did that happen? Confirmation. Wow, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. Dr. Greg Smalley, Vice President of Marriage and Family Formation at Focus on the Family, is our guest today. And he was sharing with us just a few minutes ago just what a difficult season it's been, not just because of the pandemic, but because his oldest daughter, after three years of marriage, went through a divorce. How's your daughter doing? Thanks for asking. She's, I mean, I hate to say it's so cliche one day at a time. I mean, she's she she's done a fantastic job. The moment that he left, she went right in, saw a good Christian counselor, and has just been super faithful. And she's grown a lot. She's healing. She She's a nurse. So both of my daughters are nurses. So just a couple of weeks ago, she got accepted into a, a program at TCU to become a nurse anesthetist. So it's, you know, it's a, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> man, that was unexpected. It's just, it's amazing to see God's faithfulness in her life in, in, kind of it's it's time for her to have a new season so just going to graduate school and i'm just so happy for her mm-hmm. so i can feel your daddy heart man yeah that was hard that was that was a very very painful season hmm. cliche but not prayers right for you for sure yeah. thank you guys Father, we just lift up Taylor to you now, and we thank you, God, that your hand is on her and it always has been, and that your plans for her are good. And Lord, we are just asking that you would heal her heart in every way. And Lord, that what the enemy meant for evil, that you would use it for good, that not only would you heal her father, but that you would bless her. Thank you, Lord, for opening up her future, for the opportunity for grad school. And Lord, we're just praying your favor upon her. And that blessing and favor and goodness and health and healing and strength and spiritual growth and maturity come from what she's been through. And Lord, just right now, even as we're praying, would your presence be known to her in such a tangible way? Thank you for loving us the way that you do. So what are some of the big challenges that couples are facing today? And what do we do about those? Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges that that I hear all the time from couples is it, it kind of goes like this. You know, I, I, I love my spouse. I'm committed to my spouse, but man, we have just drifted apart over the years to where it's like I woke up one day and I feel like I'm married to my roommate. And I don't think any of us stood up at the altar. Um, I just performed a wedding like last week. And that that couple was standing there as I was kind of walking through vows and all that. And they're not thinking, I cannot wait till we feel like roommates. I mean, they they want that passion. They want to feel like best friends. And sadly, I think for a lot of us, we we just we we get involved in all kinds of other things, good pursuits. We, we get involved in work and careers and raising kids and hobbies and friends and church activities. And I think that over time, slowly, people just drift. And one day they just wake up and go, wow, I don't know you. And you're really nothing more than a roommate. And it's super discouraging, that that lack of connection. And they, they long to be reconnected, but then they're, they're stuck that are like, we don't even know what to do about that. Yeah. So what's the way forward? How do we get reconnected? 
Yeah, I we often encourage couples, number one, to just notice some things that are already happening within your relationship that you probably ignore, you never really paid attention to that actually can really help to strengthen the connection. Like a good example is that how we say goodbye in the morning can create a connection, a little micro connection, how we greet each other when, when someone comes home, how we say goodnight. And those things are going to happen. One of us is going to leave. We both will leave the house in the morning. We're going to come back. You know, we will go to sleep. And, and I think for a lot of couples, they, they don't take advantage of some of the, just these everyday moments. Like, for example, the research shows that, that when a husband is kissed by his wife before he leaves in the morning, he actually has less accidents on the way to work. He misses less work. He makes 20% more and he lives five years longer. <laughs> Holy cow. Are you kidding me? I know. Me? No, that, that's, and actually the funny part is that that research was done by an insurance company in Germany. So when you think of, you know, being kissed, of course, we all think of Germans because, you know, they're so affectionate. <laughs> and, they're so expressive. I know, totally. And it's just, it's one example of going, you know, instead of just, you know, rushing out the door, do we take a moment and do I offer a quick little compliment to my wife? Literally, just before I came in to, to do our interview, I saw her and she, she had this beautiful dress I hadn't seen. And I was like, oh man, that look, you look hot. That's a cool dress. And that was what, three seconds of a connection. And I remember as a young husband, so Aaron and I have been married almost 30 years. So when I, we were probably married six months and I was at a party and talking to this guy who'd been married like 50 years. And I just asked him, okay, what's, what's the secret? You know, tell me what's a, what's one tip on how I can be married for 50 years. And, and I'll never forget what he said. He goes, he goes, this seems small, but he goes, I never let my wife leave our house without complimenting her because I don't want the first compliment that she hears to come from another man. Mm. And I've, I've, I've always went, that's really good. And so that can be a part of that little, you know, saying goodbye ritual, compliment each other, pray for each other. Hey, what's going on today? Let me, let me breathe some courage. You know, courage means to make courageous. And we have that opportunity as we're just parting ways in, in how I say goodbye to my wife. That's the feeling that she'll hold all day long while I'm gone. It's just a really simple thing, but we have these little moments that probably most of us ignore. We don't pay attention to. Yeah, I love that. So what I'm thinking right now, this just comes to mind. How Teresa could really, my wife Teresa could really gain a connection with me is that, you know, as I'm working on my three pointer, she could be there rebounding for me and shooting the ball back to me. <laughs> exactly. See, she's supporting you. She's helping you gain confidence. You feel better about yourself. You're going to treat her better. I'm telling you, just the ripple effect. I love how you jumped right into what she could do for you. That was that was excellent, Perry. Are you calling me out, Shauna? I'm just saying. I mean... Listen, you tuned in at exactly the right time. I would encourage you, just don't touch that dial because we have Dr. Greg Smalley with us today. He's the author of 18 books, including Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage and Fight Your Way to a Better Marriage. And he earned his doctorate in psychology and serves as the vice president of marriage and family formation at Focus on the Family. And this year has been a hard year for all of us with the pandemic. 
But Greg, your family had added hardship with your daughter Taylor's divorce. Are you comfortable sharing more about how that impacted you and your family? Yeah, you know, when when everything got shut down for COVID, we all remember those moments and what it was like to be quarantined. Well, actually, just a few months before that happened, our our daughter Taylor called us frantic. She'd been married three years, and and Aaron and I were on a date night. Actually, we were walking into a dueling piano concert, and all of a sudden, my wife goes, "Wait, Taylor, I can't hear you. I can't understand. Why are you crying? What's going on?" Mm-hmm. And through Taylor's tears and could barely talk to find out that her husband of three years had just asked for a divorce. And this was a young man that that we all loved. I'd spent a lot of time with him, very close to our family. It was so confusing. Talked to him a lot and I couldn't get him to to get help. And unfortunately, about five months later, their divorce was final. And that was a big part of COVID for us was as a family trying to learn how, how do we walk our daughter through this? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it wounded everybody in the family and it took us really to a very, very dark place. I mean, obviously my wife and I, my wife's a marriage counselor. We teach marriage seminars. We've written over 20 books on marriage. I mean, this is what we've given our ministry life to is helping couples. And, and all of a sudden I was like, I can't even help my own family. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not the one for this. It just, it took me to a very, very dark place and very confused. It was never like a, why God, I get, we live in a fallen world and people make choices. And the, that's a the beautiful part of how God created us with free will. But boy, it was, it was rough. And, and I think through that, just learned a lot on on how do you walk with someone through that all of us probably have a friend a loved one someone who's either in the midst of a marriage challenge and we're like we want to help what do, what do we do mm-hmm. and i think one of the best things that i learned is to to be available without advice you know here i am you know <laughs> i have a doctorate to marriage and family have worked with couples for over 30 years. I mean, this is what I do. I understand that. And yet my my own daughter didn't need me to, to take on expert roles. She needed her dad and she needed me just to, to be available when, when she needed to talk and she didn't need, well, try this, or have you done this? She just needed me to, to, just to, to be there, just to hear her, to listen, to, to have compassion, to have empathy. And that's hard. I mean, I wanted to solve this problem. I wanted to see them back together and, and re- reunited. And, and yet it really just taught me the, the value of just presence. Mm-hmm. You know, some of you are going, well, you're Greg Smalley. And so, of course, you would know what to do. And, and, and yet, you know what? The, the best thing we can do is we, we don't have to give advice. We can just be. And sometimes it's to listen. Sometimes it's, you know, we, we've had friends going through this to where we show up and clean their house. We drop kids off for them. I take kids to practice. And just people knowing that that there's someone in their corner, that there's someone there, that they're not alone is just one of the most powerful things that we can do. And, and when you're with a loved one, when you're with a friend too, you know, for the ever, we, we believed that God was going to do a miracle. We, we were hopeful in that. And I just believe that, that the people in our life that are going through a real challenge, you know, they can sometimes, a marriage can survive off of someone else's hope for a season. And so even though 
you know, our, our ex-son-in-law, I mean, he chose a different path. Um, it doesn't change the fact that man, hope's a powerful thing. And we continued to, to walk with Taylor and believing that, praying for that, intercessing for that, just knowing, you know, God's going to show up. Hopefully it'll be the restoration of their marriage, but we know that, that he's at work. But I tell you what, there were moments that, man, I just, I was in a dark place. Mm. Greg, a few minutes ago, you were sharing with us in coming alongside your daughter as she went through a divorce, you were tempted to want to fix it. Now, I'm, I'm sure that just as a dad, you had plenty to offer her, but as a counselor and as an expert on marriage, you have so much to offer. But you said the most meaningful thing that you could do is just be with her in the moment, the ministry of presence. I really resonate with wanting to fix it, right? Wanting to say something or do something that at the very least would bring a level of relief to your daughter who's hurting. So when you're that person, you're walking alongside someone who's hurting and you're, you want to say something so bad that's going to be helpful, (laughs) but you understand the ministry of presence. How do you walk yourself off that ledge? Yeah. What I would do with, with my daughter is you know, how are you doing? How are you really doing? Because, you know, I think that our first answer to that is often fine. I'm doing good. Okay. And yet I, I would just press in and go today in this moment, you know, how are you feeling? Where, where's your heart? Is it open? Is it closed? What's one feeling that, that you're experiencing right, right in this moment? You know, after some some moments you know she would she would kind of begin to then give me insight into where her heart was at mm. and i think that's that's the biggest challenge we're, we're not really taught how to deal with others emotions really well and that's why we jump into problem solving and fix it and we just feel uncomfortable we don't know what to do with our emotions much less someone's emotion in in how how many times i was reminded that you know, just to be there to listen to her talk about, you know, I'm angry right now. I'm just, I'm so mad. I'm, you know, I, I feel so rejected. You can always assume that that when someone's going through a marriage struggle like that, maybe they found out a, a spouse is having an affair or wh- whatever, whatever the, the issue is, that Satan will use those experiences to write lies on our heart. And for, for my daughter, I mean, I just, I could see it, that, that she felt so worthless. Like, what's wrong with me? So defective. What is it about me that made him not want to stay married to me? That was so painful for me. As her dad, there, there was a moment, I think the moment that I really almost truly lost it in that process was when she called just crying and, and saying, you know, we were trying to divide some assets out and and somehow he said something like, you know, hey, you're not the only one that want, doesn't want this divorce. And she's like, whoa, okay, well, let's stop. Let, let's go get help. And he goes, you know what? I've thought about it, but I've just decided you're not worth it. Oh, my gosh. And and that's, you know, as, as her dad, you know, I've spent 20-some years you know, doing everything I can to, to, to help her to understand how, how she's, she's God's treasured possession. She's mine. She's worth, there's no price that I could describe how, how valuable she is. And, and Satan really used that as, as a way to just hammered away at my daughter. You're not, yeah, you're not worth it. And I think that's a part of, 
a part of how we can show up with others is just to recognize that that, that all that spiritual warfare is, is happening. And Satan wants us, he's the father of lies. And he wants our hearts riddled with these lies. And so I, I would constantly try to go, well, what, how does God see you? What does he say? You know, what, what's true? Not according to what your ex-husband says or, or even what I say. What, what is God, your heavenly father? What does he say about you? And I think that's one of the gifts that we can give is to help our friends, our loved ones battle those lies mm-hmm. that, that are forming as, as they walk through these, these marriage struggles. Greg Smalley from Focus on the Family, just really real and raw, opening up his heart today, really fits what we're all about at Perry and Shauna Mornings. Psychologist, author of several books on marriage, vice president of Focus on the Family, Dr. Greg Smalley is our guest this morning, and his daughter Taylor went through a divorce. And Greg, you shared with us just a minute ago that as Taylor was asking her husband to stay and fight for their marriage, he told her that she wasn't worth it. I can't so even. as a dad, I'm thinking, wow, if, if that happened to my daughter, I'd be in some way, shape, or form in my son-in-law's face. Right. Like, that would just rise up in me, and I'd want to do it right, but I'd definitely want him to tell me to my face, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Was that part of your experience? You know, I was afforded one meeting that I pushed really hard for and, you know, I, I did everything in my power. I mean, I went into there going, God, I don't have the words. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to worry. I'll just trust if, if somehow you will use me in this, then you'll show up. And so I think the hardest part of, of that conversation was toward, it was a couple hours. So towards the end, I basically said to him, listen, I walked my daughter down the aisle. You know, I placed her hand in your hand. I gave her away to you based on your promise of a lifelong commitment. And and I said, for a moment, forget the covenant you entered in with God. Forget that with my daughter. Like you made that commitment to me. I, I basically said, give me one year, get help for a solid year. We have access to some of the best marriage intensive help on the planet. I said, give me a year. If after a year of of consistent help and counseling, you still want out, then I release you. But I said, give me that. You owe me that. And and even that didn't work. And you know, and and I think for me, the biggest thing that that I tried to do, because I mean, in those moments, I mean, I you know, the the flesh part of me was just angry, but but I refused to let my heart harden towards him. And I worked really hard to keep my heart open. To, to go, you know, God, you man, you're the miracle worker. You know, I don't, I don't want to see a miracle happen. And all of a sudden my heart's totally hardened to, to my son-in-law. Right. And so I worked super hard to keep my heart open and my heart's still open. I love him to death. I hate what he's done. Um, I hate the pain he's caused my daughter and my family, but you know, I've, I've kept my heart open with the hope that God, God will do a miracle. We all hear those stories. It, you know, it's never over, you know, and, and until one of them gets remarried. Mm. I definitely see Jesus in you through that. Well, I appreciate it. it. Didn't, it didn't always feel that way for sure. Yeah. And yes, especially after he said, you're not worth it. That was, that was a hard one for me to stay open. Yeah. 
Dr. Gary Smalley of Focus on the Family. All right, so we have this buddy who listens to the show. His name is Colin, and he just went through a divorce that he did not want, and, you know, he's really hurting, and, you know, we pray for him and such. But what do you say to Colin and all the other Collins and Kristens, you know, who are in the same place? Yeah, I think one of the most powerful reminders is that God is who he says he is. Through the the brutal times, through the good times, he's consistent. And a verse that my daughter felt like that, that she had been given in the midst of this is in Isaiah 43, verse 19. And it says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And I'm making a new way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And for my daughter, what that's even looked like is that she, she's gotten into a graduate program. She's a nurse. And so she's going to be a nurse anesthetist. And through all this pain, she just sees how God has, has provided. He's given her manna for each day. He's brought her a wonderful counselor. He, he's given her hope. She's learned and grown as an individual. Her heart is open. She can't wait to see who God's going to bring along for a, a new relationship for her. But kind of the, the, the new spring through the desert is, is for her is graduate school. And, and I believe that. And God is always there fighting in our corner. He was always fighting for her marriage. He's given us free will, so he's not going to make someone do something. But he's just, he's so consistently shown up. And we see that in that hope and that reminder is so powerful in hearts heal. And I would encourage anybody, make your goal to truly heal your heart. What do I need to do to deal with the lies that Satan has written on my heart through a divorce or whatever we go through? And then how do I continue then to grow and, and learn? Like, what am I taking away? How am I a better person? And I think as we do those things, and God will use all of that. And he, he gives us such great gifts, and sometimes it's hard to see them. He, he uses these hard times to grow us more like his son. So we become more Christ-like. And we have to believe that, that he's giving us things. It's We have to go on a treasure hunt, believing that God has given us some diamonds underneath the dirt. And we got to dig around and find them, but they're there. And I see them. I see what those have looked like in my daughter. And so I would encourage anybody, just fight to keep your heart open and continue to heal your broken heart. And look for the new thing that God is going to do. Yeah, absolutely. What are the important pieces to a strong marriage to help keep our marriages intact? And not just intact, but flourishing and growing and becoming what God had intended them to be. Yeah, I would really narrow it down to, to two big things. And are you growing as an individual and are you growing together as a couple? And I really feel if, if you were doing both those things through that, that whole season, COVID, Taylor's divorce, it caused me to actually to step back and go, you know what, what, what are my blind spots? You know, what, what are issues that, that I haven't dealt with that maybe could interfere with my marriage? And I want a great marriage. What's going on for me? And it actually, it, it, it was a catalyst for me to, I reached out to a, a, a Christian counselor and I started seeing this man, an amazing counselor. I didn't have like an agenda, like, Hey, this is the, but I tell you is he kind of started to to dig around 
it, it just God used him in just to help grow me in some amazing ways. So I, you know, I use that just to, just as a way just to deal with my junk. We all have junk. Mm-hmm. We all have issues. Yep. It's a fallen world. We all have lies on our heart. We have issues that we haven't dealt with. All of us do. And it really gave me a, a different perspective. And I even asked my wife, I said, this is scary, so be gentle. But what would you like me to talk about with my counselor? Yeah. <laughs> if anybody knows our issues and, and if we're really willing to, to listen, it's, it's our spouse. And, you know, I was shocked when she pulled out a list um, and started <laughs> reading through that. No, she didn't do that. But, you know, she said, are you really asking? I'm like, seriously, this is safe. Yeah. Just what, what do you think? And she, she mentioned a couple of things. I'm like, okay, you know, I wanted to defend myself and go, well, you know, there's three fingers pointing back at you as well. So, <laughs> but I didn't And I'm working on that stuff. And so I, I feel like if we're willing to keep growing, but then go, okay, so what does then growth look like in our marriage? And Aaron and I went in and saw a Christian marriage therapist. And, and I mean, here, the thing about it, this is what we do. And we are counselors in our area. So it was quite challenging to find someone, but God provided and, and it was great. And it's really caused Aaron and I just to go, okay, so what, what is, what would the next step look like for us in our journey? You know, it, and it was, it was very powerful. We've had lots of walks and talking this through and, and I feel like we've just taken another step <laughs> in our marriage and, and I, I, and I love our marriage and, and I love the direction it's going. And I love that we we're, we're committed to growing because that's my fear <laughs> is that one day that we wake up and roll over and go, man, you are a stranger. You are a roommate. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And and we can do something about it. And I think that's why I always tell people the worst question you can ask is how do we have a better marriage? The right question is how can I be a better husband? How mm-hmm. can I be a better wife? Yeah. And, and I think as we grow in those ways, you know what? Yeah, we'll keep learning and growing and taking more steps forward on our journey together. Well, it's really sweet to be able to share this time with you. Thanks for your time. Vice President of Marriage and Family Formation at Focus on the Family, Dr. Greg Smalley is our guest today. And Greg, I know that you're a song guy. You just love music. So what's a favorite song right now and why? Mm. You know, honestly, one of my favorites is, and I was just listening to this the other day, is the old rock group Journey. (laughs) They have a song called Faithfully. And yeah. there's a tremendous line in there that says that I get the joy of rediscovering you. And, you know, one of the things I, I, I try to do with my wife is that I want to rediscover her every day. Like we constantly are changing. What's new? What does she want? What does she need from me? What, what has changed? Rediscover. I think that we continue to learn and grow in our knowledge and keep updated it, with our spouse, that that curiosity, that rediscovering each other, boy, that that's a game changer within a relationship. You want to you want to reconnect with your spouse, simply rediscover who they are. Yeah, that's good. Give us a little Steve Perry. 
<laughs> I don't think you want me singing. I think your listeners would quickly choose a, a, a different <laughs> program. So you, you don't you don't want that. But I do like Journey. encouragement for you this morning. That's why we're with you. Vice President of Marriage and Family Formation at Focus on the Family, Dr. Greg Smalley, is our guest today. And earlier this morning, I asked you, what's an important key in having a healthy marriage? And Greg, you just were encouraging us to keep going, keep growing, and keep learning about our spouse. I hear you saying, don't settle. Don't just mail it in. Leave it all on the field. <laughs> it, it, it's it's true. I mean, because I tell you this, there is so much competing for our attention. And I mean, seriously, there's stuff that's going to come at us that we don't have to to even try to do. It's just going to come in and, and that white noise and all those distractions and cell phones and in jobs and kids and, you know, all that's going to come at us. What we have to carve out is how are we growing together? That those conversations will never happen spontaneously. We just don't have time. They'll right. never take place unless we go. So one, my wife and I, seriously, one really simple way that, that we've learned how to keep growing together is just taking 10 minutes a day to check in and, and talk about our inner life. Not the to-do list and not the tasks and who's picking this up and who's taking which kid there. and Because all that stuff, administrating your marriage is going to have to happen. You'll have those conversations. But carving out 10 minutes to where we just ask each other, you know, like, how are you doing? What's stressing you out? Actually, the best way that we do this is just we go, hey, what was the high of your day? And what was the mm-hmm. low of your day? What was the best part of your day? What was the hard part of your day? We just did that last night. We met up at our favorite little hole in the wall to have some food. And that was what we did. What was the best part of your day and the hardest part? And that we had a 10 minute great conversation. And that's a way we can be proactive without feeling like, oh man, none of us have time. I mean, 10 minutes, but you've got to guard that going, we're just going to talk about, you know, inner life feelings and stressors and what are you dreaming about? What are you hoping for? And, and just ask each other high and the low and watch how that, that just, that leads just into some great conversations. Enjoying our time this morning with Greg Smalley and he's got some He's got some goods for you right now. He does. He's a psychologist. He's authored many books on marriage with his wife. He's the vice president of Focus on the Family. It's Dr. Greg Smalley this morning. So we know it's important as married couples to date each other, to continue to date each other. But I heard you say, Greg, that we ain't doing that right. How do we (laughs) date differently? How do we date correctly? Yeah. I tell you, Aaron and I did it wrong last night. (laughs) Because here's what happens. We're creatures of habit. We we like routine. We all go to the same spot in church. We want to sit in the same seat. You know, I always like someone's in my seat at church. I'm like, who are you? And, you know, how do we get an usher to throw that person out? You know, we all like uh, routine and consistency. We hate change. We hate different. But 
what, what happens is, is most of us get in this dinner and movie routine or we do the same thing. We go to the same restaurant. That's what Aaron and I did last night. This is little place real close to our house. It's okay. But, but what, what we found though, is when you add some new to your date night, when you do something different, like go to a different restaurant across town that you haven't been to. There, there's something about when we add something new to how we date, it activates the parts of the brain that were firing when we first were dating. It's, it's like bringing back those butterflies, the, 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 those old loving feelings, simply because you changed up your date night routine. So couples do it wrong because they, they, they get into a rut. And over time, we just get habituated to that. And it's not like it's harming our marriage. But all we have to do, like if Aaron and I had, had gone, hey, what, Google, what, what's the new restaurant here in Colorado Springs? And went to that. That would have, in addition to our, our inner life conversation for 10 minutes, it would have added a, a new, fun, exciting element that makes the date night even better. So that's how we can improve our date nights. So just do something different. Go to a different theater. Go to a different restaurant. Just Google fun, cool things to do in your city and just do something and then have those, those inner life conversations as you're driving, if you're at dinner, whatever. And, and that's how we can literally reinvent date night for us. I'm thankful you're a marriage counselor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm just on this journey with, with all of us. Aaron <laughs> and I are just, yeah, because we fight, we argue, we hurt each other. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, man, she is truly my best friend. And, and I just want to keep growing and learning, figuring out what's, what's the next thing for us. 